just jump to our feet this morning. Hallelujah. We are excited about being in the house of the Lord. Is there anyone excited about being in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. We welcome those of you that are online. We're going to go ahead and start with our vision. Hallelujah. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the Word of God, and we make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Amen. Hallelujah. We're just going to stir ourselves up this morning. And I know there's a lot of times when we come together and we're t it's time to worship that our spirit is so excited. Our spirit is always ready and willing to worship the Lord. But something that came to me this morning, and I was thinking about ministering this morning, was that sometimes our soul doesn't want to worship the Lord. And I want us to speak to our soul this morning, tell our soul to worship the Lord. Have you ever been in worship, and your mind is on the Lord, and then you start to think about your problems, and you start to thinking about what if, what if God doesn't come through? Your mind starts talking to you and your spirit was just connected to God. But I want us to speak to our soul this morning and say, soul, you will worship the Lord. You will stay connected to the Lord. Hallelujah. So right now, let's just begin to stir ourselves up. Let's just begin to speak to our soul and tell our soul to stay connected to the vine this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Oh.
Yeah. 
there's no one, no one, no one like him in all the earth. Amen. He's an awesome and mighty God. Hallelujah. She said it this morning. There's nothing impossible with him. Absolutely nothing. No matter what it feels like or looks like or sounds like around you, you have a protected place in him. If you'll stay aligned to him, his plan and his word, he'll carry you. You'll soar on wings like eagles. You'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and you won't faint. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> the psalmist said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Hallelujah. We sang about the wonder of our God. How powerful, how mighty he is. But it's not enough to know that he sits up there and he's mighty and he's powerful. He's mighty and he's powerful in you. Amen. This morning, just lift your hands to him and tell him, I know that you are almighty God and you live in me. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. You are everything to me, Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love Father, I pray for every person who's here in the house and who's watching us online. I thank you. You know their current condition, their current position, wherever they are in their walk with you. You see their need. You know the desires of their heart. And you are capable and willing and able to help in our time of need. And so whatever your need is this morning, lift it up to him. Just tell him. Say, I need this. <laughs> I need that. And I thank you that you are the one who supplies it. And just receive it from him this morning. Don't look to man or a woman. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher he finishes what he starts amen and so we look to you jesus and we receive everything that you have for us today we'll not leave anything on the table this morning but we receive every single thing that you have for us in your mighty name amen glory to god hallelujah why don't you greet one another this morning and then you may be seated Good morning, morning. Father's House Family Church. It is Craig and Nation Barton here with this week's upcoming events and announcements, so listen up. Yes, connect with us on all social media platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we want to connect with you everywhere. Yes. Also, 
remember to join Pastor Maria Murphy Monday through Friday from early morning prayer at 9.30. Start your day off with, with prayer. prayer. Yes, yes, absolutely. And we also have 7 p.m. corporate prayer on Friday night. So there's plenty of opportunity for you to connect with us in prayer. We can't wait to see you there. Also, in the house this morning, we have Pastor Sam and Sherlyn Smucker all the way from Lancaster, PA. Woo! We are so excited to welcome and receive them into our house this morning. They always come with a rainbow word. And I hope you have your seatbelts buckled because they're about to take us on a ride through the word of God. Yes. We welcome you this morning, pastors, and we can't wait to hear what God has given you for this house this morning. Also, Kingdom Couples, where you at? Woo! We had an amazing time last night in the Lord with you. We had some fun. We had some games, some desserts, some prizes. Some couples even walked away with some prizes. So we can't wait to see you at our next event. So we want to remind you to connect with us on social media, on our Kingdom Couples page, so you can stay updated with what's going on in Kingdom Couples. Also, we just launched a coaching program. Yes. And we are looking for that first brave couple to come on <laughs> up and let us know you're ready to start the program. We can't wait to sit with you for the next eight weeks and learn and grow with you in your marriage and your family. Yes. Next Saturday, honey. What's going on next Saturday? Let them know. Early movie matinee. Yes, a movie matinee is happening next Saturday from 2 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. And how much does it cost? $10. It's free, honey. Oh, it's free. It don't cost $10. It is free. So make sure that you register online if you want a free ticket. It doesn't cost a dime. It is free, but you have to let Mike and Christina Clark know that you are coming so that they can prepare the amount of food and drinks and popcorn and candy and all that good stuff that will be there. Um, Lit Youth is running the entire event, and they are excited about it, but we need some people to show up and show them that their, their efforts are not in vain and that we, we receive them and we love to see them serve. So that's next Saturday. We can't wait to see you there. This is a great way to get the children into church and the friends of your children. So come on out. Who's ready to give? Woo! All right, come on. Let's yeah. receive Pastor Maria as she comes and receive our offering this morning. Amen. Bye. <laughs> Glory to God. Come on and give them a hand this morning. <laughs> I love it. They are so, uh, like, do you call it photogenic when someone's, you know, good in front of the camera? They just, it's just amazing. And so thank you. You will animate it. You'll never forget those announcements. Amen. We could stand up here and tell you things over and over, and we find out people are like, what? What announcement? You didn't hear? Well, this you won't forget, and you can replay it over and over. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Bartons, for doing that. And we had a good time last night uh, from 7 to 9 right here, uh, games, and we had a few winners. We found out some personal information about some people. Uh, for some reason, the go-to when you're trying to make your partner, you know, and another couple laugh is like picking on the partner. I'm like, the poor wives and husbands, they're telling all their secrets to get the other couple to laugh. We were trying to see who the funniest couple was. And so we had a tie, so a three-way tie, so we found a winner finally. They did Uno and then the not-so-newlywed game. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a good time. So come out next time for a Kingdom Couples event. Uh, and tomorrow is Valentine's Day, so I wish you all a very happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Whether you're single, married, God loves you. <laughs> 
And so you can celebrate his love tomorrow. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we're going to get ready to give this morning if you need an envelope. Uh, we are going to take our general tithes and offerings. We'll be taking a second offering at the end of the service for our speakers. So please uh, just check your heart and ask God what he would have you do to participate in that. And that will be the offering that you'll want to name that seed. What are you believing God for? And so uh, during this uh, time of our tithes and offerings, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 37. If you need an envelope, I don't know, the ushers may have already done it. They're so fast. Online, uh, there's uh, some information up there for you where you can give also by texting or going to our website. Glory to God. So the whole chapter of Psalm chapter 37 is excellent. It describes the outcome of living a godly life versus the outcome of living in an ungodly life. And how many of you know there is a great difference, a great difference in the outcome? Uh, when we live aligned to the word of God, we, we align ourselves with the blessing of the Lord. So we've been talking about kingdom living uh, on Sundays, and this chapter really brings out the benefits of being kingdom-minded and living in the kingdom. For time's sake, let's just look at verse 23 of Psalm chapter 37. I'll read it out of the New Living. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Some translations say the steps of a righteous man or the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Yeah. Jesus has given us his righteousness and we've been clothed with the robe of righteousness. And so you are righteous today. If it's not something you work for or have to earn the moment you receive Jesus into your life. His righteousness, it becomes, that's who you are, the righteousness of God in Christ. So this verse applies to you. Hallelujah. Now, if you're righteous, and you are, if you've received Jesus, then your steps are ordered by God. So where do those God-ordained steps take you? <laughs> they take you to your God-ordained place. They take you to your God-ordained place. And where God guides, you know the rest. He provides. <laughs> he provides. And so we talked about that the other day. And when he provides, we call that divine compensation. When you allow your heavenly father to lead you to the place he's ordained for you, he will provide everything you need along the way. And I tell you, it's an unlimited supply. Aren't you glad for that unlimited supply? Glory to God. We see it so often. People will get shiny object syndrome. And this looks good over there. And they'll make it happen. And so they'll go over there without consulting their heavenly father. And so they step out of the path that he's ordained for them to walk in. And now because you go over here, now you've surrendered to man's supply. Not divine compensation. And his supply is limited. <laughs> it's based on your performance. If you do good, you'll get a raise. You know, maybe the money was better and it just looked better to us than what I'm doing over here that God has me doing. Instead of staying put, we go there. Now we're limited to if the company does well. <laughs> or if, you know, if we do well, then maybe you'll get your 2% raise. And that's a lot in this time <laughs> that we're living in. Maybe 1%. Maybe we'll just not get a raise this year. So it's based on performance. 
Well, that's not how it is with God. You can't help but get blessed when you are not just acquainted, but when you are in fellowship and in communion with him. It just rubs off on you. <laughs> it's, it's by association, I thank God. And so we just need to stay on the path that God has ordained for us to walk in, even when we don't fully understand how that place is going to get us to our final destination. You know, we may be in a place right now, uh, our present position may be preparing us or training us for that next place. It's training ground for whatever God has for us next in the next season of our life. Because God can only take us as far as we're prepared to go. So in this place that we are right now, just lean into the Holy Spirit. Be attentive to him. Give when he tells you to give. Continue to give of your tithes to him. You know, give your first fruits to him. And, 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 and expect a return. <laughs> Don't just throw it away. Expect a return. It's in these places that we're trained that Luke 16, 10 becomes a reality. Being faithful in the little things. And then he will give us more so we can more responsibility. And we'll be able to be faithful in the bigger things. So whatever he's placed in your hands today, use that. And he'll give you more. So you may be at Preparation Place or maybe you're at Abundance Boulevard. Wherever you are, stay in that place. Listen to the Holy Spirit and let God ordain your steps. Let him order your steps because you'll go to your God-ordained place. Amen? Glory to God. Now, Kev, this week, I'll just give you a quick example. Uh, a, a scripture for divine compensation that I like is 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10 and 11. You know it well in this church. It says, now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. He gives you the seed. Do you qualify? You qualify if you're a sower. Amen. And he gives you bread for food. He takes care of you in between times. And, and the thing is, is he increases the fruits of your righteousness. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. And so when we stay in step with him, being a sower is going to open the door to abundance on that journey. Amen? We just stay in step with him. So divine compensation is an unlimited supply. We'll give you a quick example. Come on, Kev. I told him yesterday I was going to do this. So those of you who know, this is my son, Kev, just in case you don't know. I know. I only look 29. I know. I know. <laughs> and so uh, he's actually, you're not 29. You're 28. Oh, Lord Jesus. And so... <laughs> Numbers is a thing. Uh, so uh, he, as you know, uh, he plays the keys for us, and he has been faithful to do that for many years. And I, when I talk about it, I tear up because it's just a blessing of the Lord. 
And I got him a job as, like, you know, the proud mama that I am, where I worked at the hospital. And I, after all these years, he finally said, fine, I'll get the job. And so I would have lunch with him every day. What 28-year-old goes to eat lunch with mama? He would come to my office every day and eat lunch. He still eats lunch in my office because the girls in my office love him. And they're like, no, you come. You, he was turning in his key. Here you go. They're like, no, no, you come. So I'm not even there, but he's having lunch with them. And so they love him at the hospital. From the first day he started, I kept getting calls. Oh my gosh, your son is a breath of fresh air. He's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So they're like, they, I can't believe, they knew him when he was, I was there for 21 years. They knew him when he was young. And they're like, that's your son. So he, uh, he started working and all of a sudden, weekends, got to work weekends. And it was every eight weeks and the girls would have to use tracks and we were like, this is not, I'm like, this is not good. Well, then what happened last, uh, about a month ago, yeah, when they called you into a meeting. Yep, so we, uh, we had a big meeting. They called everybody. Uh, basically, because of the pandemic, they were reconsolidating everything. You know how that goes. Uh, they wanted me to work every other week. And then, yeah, every other weekend. So I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Um, so for a couple months, we weren't really sure. They've been keep. they're still keeping me in limbo, but. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yep, so a uh, couple weeks ago, well, about maybe three or four weeks ago, uh, they called me into a meeting, they asked me if I wanted to stay, they gave me the option for either a layoff or to go with the flow, and I said, no, I'm taking the layoff. So for about a month now, uh, we, uh, they've had me, they had me kept in limbo, they still haven't given me an official date of when I leave, uh, but I picked the day myself. Um, <laughs> Because now I got a new job. I just kept my, uh, yeah. So, and it is a much, much better job. It's much closer. Same pay rate. They weren't going to give me that pay rate. At least they didn't say it on the thing. But they must have looked at my resume and saw that that was my old pay rate. And they're like, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll pay you that amount. And no weekends at all. So, yay. And that was him honoring God. He decided, I'm not working weekends. I'm not working weekends. And they tried with the union and this and that and that. So he, instead of jumping out and say, oh, fine, I'll just work every other weekend. We'll just have to. No. He decided this is what I'm going to do. The job he was driving, 45 minutes to an hour to get to work. It's 15 minutes from home. He's doing the same thing that he was doing basically at the hospital in a less stressful place. And they matched his pay with no weekends whatsoever. <laughs> honor God and he'll honor you. Thank you, Mom. Hallelujah. So just stay on the path that he has ordained for you. Amen. And you're going to have his provision and his compensation. Amen. And it's not always easy to do that. But you have been empowered and you are fully resourced to do that. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. And we say our confession and, you know, my husband, be very specific when you say this confession. Uh, because, you know, we say checks in the mail. Well, we said checks in the mail. My husband went out to the mailbox on Wednesday, and he said, I know, we have money in the, in the, in the mailbox out there. And I said, oh, okay. So I went out there. And he went out there, and he comes, and he goes, yeah, we got money. It was a shiny penny in an envelope. I said, see, you weren't specific enough. We say checks in the mail, not money in the mail. Be specific. All right, let's say our confession together. <laughs> Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. 
We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We receive that. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and bring your tithes and offerings up to the Lord. Glory to God, we do so cheerfully. Amen. We are furnished in abundance for every good work. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, we got 374 in for the roof payoff. Our goal is 400 every week. Not bad, just a little short, but thank God. Look how low that number is. It started off at 49,000. We paid off half last year. We're at 15. We thank God. That's the last debt besides our mortgage. And so we thank God for that. We believe that that's going to be paid off in short order. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Where's our glory to God? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gary. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity that we have to sow this morning. It's a seed that we sow. I thank you. You see every heart who is represented here online in the house. I thank you, Father, that we have more than enough to meet the need of every situation. This ministry is blessed. This church, every family that's attached to it, we are blessed. In Jesus' name, we receive more than enough. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Mr. Gary. Hallelujah. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? Glory to God. I'm going to have uh, Reverend Sam uh, come up this morning. And as you know, most of you know, he's from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He'll share, he shares who he is and what he does. But he's here as part of the Worship Center Network. I'm part of, uh, of that network. And he's my, uh, this is an accountability check-in this <laughs> today. And so uh, he's here and he's going to minister. And I know your hearts are open and ready to receive. Receive him this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Greetings from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster, not Lancaster. <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania. All the way from Amish country. Have you all been down there? How many have not been down there? Oh, we well, need to come. You need to come down and see us, see the Amish country. Let me know when you're coming. I'll take you around. I'll show you where I was born. I was raised Amish. I was raised on my I left when I was 18 because I wanted a car. <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pastor Maria and Eric and Pastor Jack and, and Maria and the congregation, Henry and Nancy congregation, so glad to, to be here with you today. Worship was amazing. Thank you for, thank you for that today. Yeah. Sherlin and I, oh, it's my wife, Sherlin. Would you stand up, please, so they can see you? Please, please, please. My wife, Sherlin. We've been married almost 54 years. No, 50, 54 this year. 54 this year. Yeah, 
Yeah, we have, we, <laughs> we have four kids, three on the earth, one in heaven. We have uh, seven grandkids and four great-grandkids. Our oldest great-grandson, Pastor Jack, is 10. Great-grandson, not grandson, great-grandson. He's 10. His name is Colson. You know, I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but I don't know. I just, he's kind of like my favorite. <laughs> so we were at a restaurant not too long ago with Colson, and he was ordering his food for breakfast, and he said uh, to the waitress, he said, I'd like to have uh, pancakes, I'd like to have uh, scrambled eggs, sausage, and pancakes, and syrup. Syrup. And she said, what kind of cereal do you want? He said, I want pancakes and syrup. No, she said, I know you, but what kind of cereal do you want? She thought he was saying cereal. And he said, no, I want syrup. <laughs> and after about the third time, he said, is that so hard to understand that I want syrup? <laughs> anyway, I thought it was funny. You had to be there, I guess. <laughs> and we have one grandchild, not a great-grandchild, a grandchild on the way. So we're having second generation and a third generation coming. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Sherilyn and I pastored Worship Center for 40 years in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 40 years. And then five years ago, we, we handed the, the lead pastor role to Pastor Matt Milan. And uh, so now we are overseeing our network of churches, network of ministers, and we also serve as the regional director for RAMA, Ministerial Association International, all the way in, the, all the way in, in this New England area and New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. It's 170 ministers, I believe. Yeah, that we oversee, and, and uh, so we're enjoying this time of our lives. You know, life has seasons, and you'll find out if, you think, if, if, you're, if you're young and you don't know what that means, you'll find out that life has seasons. <laughs> if Jesus doesn't come back, you'll find it out uh, sooner or later. And um, so, like I said, I was born in an Amish family. I'm the oldest of 12, and uh, so... Um, you know, it was a great, I love my heritage. I just didn't like all the rules and, the, and, all, and all the regulations. I wanted a car. I wanted a radio. I wanted all that stuff. And um, anyway, but my parents, you know, when I left the Amish, some Amish parents would have said to their son, to their teenage son, you leave, you can't live here anymore. Uh, many of them, that happens to when they leave, but didn't happen to me. My parents were loving parents, and they uh, were not as strict as some, and so they allowed me to live at home, actually until I got married to Sherilyn when I was 21 years old in 1968. So, um, so it was a great upbringing, and I love the Amish heritage. Uh, so, and, and then when we went to Rhema Bible Training Center, the same place that uh, Pastor Maria went to school and Pastor Jack and Maria went there. Did you, oh, did you go there too? Both of you went? And uh, we, so we went to the same school, so we have, we, have that, we have that connection, you know, that faith connection 
You know that spirit of faith that happens, that word of faith that happens, that word that comes into your heart uh, when you're there, it changes, changed our lives. I can't speak for anyone else, but it changed our lives. And uh, so when we came back from there, we started, pioneered a church called Worship Center and um, pastored there 40 years. And uh, so it's been a great journey and we love this season of our lives as well. I want to talk to you today for just a few minutes about uh, passion for the harvest. Passion for the harvest. Now, um, I remember one day when we were going to Bible school in Tulsa, one day at our chapel service, we had T.L. Osborne. I don't know if any of you know that name. T.L. Osborne was there. Wonderful, wonderful man of God. He's now with the Lord a couple years ago. And, um, uh, but that morning when he spoke, it was, like, it was like his words were tangible. He was talking about having compassion for people. And the student body, many in the student body began to weep. I was weeping. Sherlin was weeping. And we were like, what was happening? And, and uh, he, his, his words were just so powerful. And there was an impartation happening from him to us, the student body. And so when the, when the morning was finished, uh, at Rama we went from 8.30 to 12. And then afternoons, most of the students had to go to work. Same with us. And so on our way home, we were still crying, weeping from the service. And uh, Cheryl and I looked over at Cheryl and I said, what are we crying about? She said, I don't know. I don't know. Where we're... And so there was an, a, an amazing impartation that I have never experienced before or since such a powerful impartation about having compassion for lost people. And so I said, and we said in our hearts that our church, Worship Center, was going to be a church that loves lost people. And that is a church that wants to reap the harvest or be a part of reaping the harvest. And so that's what I want to talk about and encourage you as a church, and I'm not saying you're not reaping the harvest, but as pastors, as Pastor Maria knows, one of our responsibilities is to remind us of our responsibilities as believers. But in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35, it says, Now in the, in the morning, have risen a long, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed, talking about Jesus. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone's looking for you. But he said to them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And when I read that one day, I thought, Jesus never lost sight of his purpose. That was to expand his influence, his ministry to as many areas as possible, to preach to as many people as possible. Prayers kept him tied to his purpose. Prayer kept him in a place where he could hear the voice of the Father. And every church, just like Father's House Family Church, never lose sight of your purpose as a church. In 2 Peter chapter 3, the Bible says the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being, he's being patient for your sakes. 
He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. So God is not willing that any should perish, and that should be our attitude. That should be our heart toward our neighbors and our communities and people that we rub shoulders with. And then here's a verse that uh, Brother Hagen, we called him Dad Hagen, the founder of our Bible school. Some of you may know who he is. But he said this verse many times. He said, Dear brothers and sisters, from James chapter 5, Be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who wait patiently for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the Lord is near. Eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. And the valuable harvest for us to ripen, for us, the valuable harvest for us is people. It's people. When we know the Father's heart, we will have a heart for people. He sent His Son to the earth to die for you and for me, as we know. Do we, so I have a question for you. Do we as a church or as individuals have a heart for lost people? There are hurting people all around us, people who are without hope, people we live beside, people we work with, friends, relatives, poor people, rich people, all kinds of people that are looking for hope, that are looking for something, and many of them don't even know what they're looking for. I read a survey recently that said this, and it troubled me. It says, the longer a person is a Christian, this survey said, the longer is a, pers- a person is a Christian, the fewer evangelistic interactions they have with people. Now, that to me is troubling. Should be the opposite. We can have... You know, we can have great services like this today. We can have great worship times, and they're wonderful. We can have great teaching. But the question is, is it being transferred into reaching people? No matter what our vocation is, we are all in the people business. (laughs) Are you listening to me? No matter what our vocation is, we're all in the people business. And it's harvest time in the kingdom of God. It's harvest time. It's always harvest time in the kingdom of God. Now, harvest uh, in John chapter 4, verse 27, you all know this scripture probably or this story. Jesus was traveling uh, to, through Samaria, and his disciples went to buy food, went to town to buy food. You know the story. And then he uh, met this woman that we call the woman at the well. And he talked to her for a long time, and, and he, you know, told her her life story, basically. And, and she said, you must be a prophet, and, and so on. And so now we pick it up in verse 27. The disciple, just then, let's look at verse 26. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. See, I like Jesus. Because he was not afraid to cross the religious rules in order to reach people. He was not afraid to do that. I like him. How about you? I like him. See, 
being raised Amish with so many religious rules that I just, it made me, <laughs> it made me rebellious. And um, so they were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the, the well and, and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I love this. He says, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. I have a kind of food you know nothing about. That's the kind of food that we want as a church. That's the kind of food that we want as individuals. I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food to eat? <laughs> the disciples just didn't get it, didn't they? The disciples asked each other, Jen, Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. My nourishment. You know, I want satisfaction on the inside for us as believers comes from the Lord. You know, I know the disciples were talking about physical food. Jesus was talking about spiritual food. Every church, like Father's House Family Church, needs to have that kind of attitude and that kind of heart. My nourishment comes from doing the work of God and finishing his work. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. Amen? You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, awake. I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. <laughs> That's the fruit. That's what we're all about. Like I was saying, I was saying to a church one day um, that the number one priority, and I'll say it here today, the number one priority, and you may disagree, and that's okay, but the number one priority for every church is to reach lost people. That's number one. Somebody confronted me after, and they said, well, what about discipling people? Well, I said, yes, but if you don't reach people, you have nobody to disciple. So number one for Father's House Family Church is reaching people. Then you disciple them. Then you teach them. Are you with me today? <laughs> Harvest time on the farm uh, for us was an exciting time. There was also an urgency attached to the harvest. We never wanted to lose a harvest. We only had several weeks to get it in, certain crops. We, we farmed corn, hay, alfalfa, hay, and uh, tobacco. Yeah, we did. The Amish people farm tobacco. They're allowed to smoke as long as they're brown. No white. They're not smoke, allowed to smoke cigarettes, but they're allowed to smoke cigars. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> why? Somebody say, well, why is that? I don't know. I have no idea. That's what religion is all about, right? So you could have a preacher smoking a cigar reprimanding a young person smoking a cigarette. 
How religious is that? <laughs> so that was the kind of regulations and stuff that I was raised in. So one, day, one year, you want to hear another story? Yeah. I like to hear my own stories anyhow, again. So one year, we, had, we were raising wheat, and um, a, a storm came by, flattened the wheat, and we were not allowed to have a combine. We were only allowed to have a binder. A binder picks up the wheat and puts it in sheaves. You know the song, Bringing in the Sheaves? Well, <laughs> that's what a binder did. But a bi it was so flat that the binder couldn't pick it up. So my dad, being the rebel he was, and just being on the edge all the time, my dad was, you know, like, you're supposed to have a four-and-a-half-inch brim on your hat when you're Amish. Well, my dad always had a three-and-a-half. You know, that's the kind of, you know, guy he was. So, 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 so the binder wouldn't pick up the, the wheat. And so he said to my mom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hire a combine. And my mom says, no, you're not, Daddy. You can't hire a combine. You'll have, to, you'll have to confess a sin in front of the church. And well, he said, I'm not losing the crop. That's my point. I'm not losing the crop. So he goes to the next district over where there was a bishop who owned a combine. <laughs> so in our district, we were not allowed to use a combine. The next district, Amish district, the bishop owned a combine and did combining for other people. So my dad said, I'm going to go hire him. Mama, no, no, daddy, you're not. You're going to have to be Ken Afela. That means you're going to have to, uh, that's Pennsylvania Dutch for, for confess a sin. And... Um, so he said, well, I'm not losing a crop, so here comes, here comes the combine, and we're combining the wheat, Pastor Jack, but in the lane comes our bishop to have a conversation with my father. I'll never forget it. I stand there, I heard the whole thing. And he said, now, Dan, that's my dad's name. He said, now, Dan, you know, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. You're going to have to begin a failure. You're going to have to confess the sin. And my dad says, well, when do you want me to do it? <laughs> when do you want me to do it? <laughs> so, he, so he finished the combining, and so they decided on a date. <laughs> decided on a date when it was done. <laughs> it was all done. And, and so I'll never forget it. Sitting in that church that Sunday, my dad stood up in front of everybody and said, and said he was sorry <laughs> for using a combine. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, you're not sorry. You're not sorry. <laughs> anyway, but he was not going to lose the crop. That was my point. That was my point, if you forgot what my point was. <laughs> on the farm, on the farm, it was all about bringing in the crops. Everything we did pointed to the harvest. It's always harvest time in the kingdom of God. In Matthew 4, it says, One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. You know, fishing for a fish, you catch something that is alive and it dies. But when you fish for people, 
You catch something that is dead and it lives. Come follow me and I will show you. I love the way the New Living Translation says, I will show you how to fish for people. And then I thought, how did Jesus show his disciples how to fish for people? Well, in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, this is how he showed them. He says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good. He went around doing good. He was showing them and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So he was showing them. You see, sometimes uh, people have the wrong idea about evangelism. To me, it's daily interaction with people, looking for an opportunity all the time. That's what it is for me. Now, I know Pastor Jack here, he loves to knock on doors. And that's okay. But that's maybe not for everybody to knock on doors. But I, lo- I say, when I get up in the morning, I say, Lord, who is it today that I can talk, about, talk to about you? Because he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses and to tell everybody about me. That's why we have the power on the inside. <laughs> everybody smile at me. It's always harvest time in the kingdom of God. Here's a couple points about the harvest that I thought about. Number one, we must own the responsibility for reaping the harvest. We must own the responsibility for reaping the harvest. As lo- I, I was, like I said, I worked on a farm till I was 21 years old. I never ever saw a corn stalk or a kernel of wheat come into the barn by themselves. Never saw a corn stalk walk into the barn. We had to go get them. We had to go into our communities. And as a church, we always would encourage our people, you know, talk to your neighbors. You say, well, Pastor Sam, I don't know how to do that. Just tell them what Jesus did for you. Remember when Jesus um, delivered that insane man that nobody could deliver and now he was in his right mind and he says I want to go with you Jesus Jesus said no no you go back to your town and tell tell them how God had compassion on you that's all that that's all that God wants us to do is share our lives with somebody we can we can all of us all of us can tell somebody what Jesus did for us you don't have to know scriptures it's great to know a couple scriptures you don't have to and if you say, well, I, well, then invite him to church. Invite him to Father's House Family Church next Sunday. If everybody would invite somebody, this place would be packed. In 2 Corinthians 5, um, I love this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5. If you look at verse 17... It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Now watch this. And God has given us, the t- given us, given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, 
Sometimes people say, wonder what God is like. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against him. Now that's what the world needs to know. Right there. Right there. That's the good news. <laughs> the world needs to know that God is no longer counting their sins against them. And now watch this. And he gave us. This wonderful message of reconciliation. So we're Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So we have to go get them. Go into our communities. As a church, maybe God would, down the road a little bit, maybe God would say, I want you to go over here in this community and plant a church over here. That's how you do it as a church. But as individuals, we go to our neighbors and we go to our fellow workers. And we have opportunities and ask God for opportunities. And then the second thing I thought about was uh, develop, develop a love for those without Jesus. You know, as a pastor, I was in my office counseling people and all this and all that and all this. And, and just never having much interaction with people that weren't Christians. And I thought... I. How am I going to interact with people? I, I, all the people I'm around every Sunday, you know, I just, I just wasn't having any opportunity. Well, I'm a bowler. And so I thought, that's my mission field. You know, when sometimes when they throw their ball and they don't make a strike, we're in, I'm in a league. And they come back and they use, you know, some words. And, and then they'll see me and they know I'm a pastor. They don't, or a sorry pastor. I said, you don't have to be sorry to me. God already heard you. <laughs> but develop a love. I love those guys. I love those guys. I said, Lord, give me a love for lost people. In, in Luke 15, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. Wow. Often. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Well, how are we going to reach people if we don't associate? Huh? Invite them to your house. Have coffee. These people evidently like to be around Jesus, and I thought it, it, they were comfortable being around him. And I thought, are people comfortable being around me? If they know I'm a Christian, are they comfortable? Do I have the kind of aura around me that invites you and, and that says I don't condemn you? You know, somebody said to me, well, how can I love somebody that's living a totally opposite lifestyle of what the Bible says? I love what Billy Graham said one time. He said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict it's God's job to judge, and it's my job to love. So you might have family members that are still not born again. We do. How do you reach them? If they're doing things that you just, it just drives you nuts. What are you going to do? You're going to disconnect? No, I'm not. I'm going to love them. I'm going to let the judging up to God. And I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would convict. I can't fix them. I can't convict them. I can love them, though. 
<laughs> I can love them and I can pray for them. Amen? Develop a love for those that are without Jesus. You know, um, Cheryl and I, we love tennis. We're not tennis players, as you can tell. But we love to watch it. So most years we go up to New York to the U.S. Open for a, a night session and a day session. And, uh, so, and, and we stay in Manhattan for a night, and you have to take a taxi cab out to get in. And so this time on, in September, uh, taxi cab on the way back and after the night session, I thought, now here's an opportunity. I felt the Holy Spirit <laughs> nudging me because I pray that. I say, Lord, who is it? And so I'm, I'm feeling this nudge, and I said, uh, so what country are you from? He said, I'm from Pakistan. I said, you have a family? He said, yes, I have a wife and two kids. I said, what religion are you? He said, I'm a Muslim. And then I said, what do you think about Jesus? Just like that. What do you think about Jesus? And he said, well, he said, I, I think I've heard the name. I think, wasn't he a teacher or something? He said to me, wasn't he a teacher or something? And I said, well... Uh, yes, he was a teacher, but he's much more than that. And then I told him who Jesus was and what he did for us as, ma as mankind. And he was listening. And now we're come to the hotel, and cars behind us are, you know, blowing their horns for us to get out of the way. And so I went around the front of the car and gave him the money for taking us. And then he said, sir, I'll never forget this. Sir, nobody has ever engaged me in a conversation about Jesus. And I thought, how many people like that are around us? Now, I didn't get a chance to pray with him, but I believe that there were seeds planted. Number three, we, need to, we do not need to pray for the harvest, but we do need to pray for laborers, and that includes us. We are the net in every arena of life. One time after a service at Worship Center, um, a man came up to me and he said, would you pray for me that I get a new job? I said, why would you want a new job? He said, I'm the only person in my job, in my place of employment, that is, that is a Christian. <laughs> and I thought, I'm not going to pray for him to, to believe there. He's the only light there. And so I said, I'm not praying that. He was like, got irritated at me. I said, I'm sorry, but you're the only light there. I'm going to pray that you have boldness. So I, that's how I prayed. He didn't like it. I'm not going to pray that, he did, that the, whole, you know, the light bulb goes out there. No need to pray for the harvest because it's already ripe. It's already out there. But we do need to pray for labor's Number four, have eyes for the harvest. Jesus saw the crowd. Lift up your eyes and see the harvest. See the person. People of faith see things that other people don't see and hear things that other people don't hear. See people with the eyes of God. See people around you. See the hurt. Say, Lord, let me see the hearts of people. We see beneath the surface. We see the potential in people. I'm glad someone saw the potential in me when I was lost. I never got saved until I was 24. And from age 16 to 24, my life was a mess. 
Number five, everyone's involved in the harvest. Well, Pastor Sam, you know I'm just not evangelistically motivated. You don't have to be evangelistically motivated. You just need to be willing to share your life with somebody. That's it. That's it. Willing to share your life. I remember one day when one uh, evening at bowling, people by now know I'm a, I'm a pastor. So this guy comes up to me and he said, uh, Pastor Sam, would you pray for my wife? I said, what's your wife's name? He said, Muffin. I said, Muffin? Your wife's name is Muffin? He said, yeah. <laughs> so he said, please pray for Muffin. She's having a, a surgery or something. And you know, I have, I have learned not to say, okay, I will, but right there, do it. So now I'm in the bowling alley, and then this guy, he's not a believer, you know. So I said, okay. So I reached for his hand, and I started praying. Boy, he put his head down. <laughs> he did not expect me to pray right there. You know, it's just those kind of interactions. It takes a little boldness, but do it. Ask God to give you the boldness, right? Everyone's involved in the harvest. Everyone, not just a select few. I remember even uh, at, on the farm... When I was five years old, I was involved in the harvest. I was the one that took the chocolate milk and the sandwiches out to the workers in the field. I was part of the harvest. Everyone in the church is part of the harvest. And like I said before, believe for opportunities to share with a person. Get up in the morning. Say, who is it today, Lord? Build this kind of mindset into our lives and into the congregation. We carry... The anointing to minister to people everywhere we go. Just like that, that uh, taxi cab driver. You know, I carry that anointing. I don't have to work up an anointing. No, I carry it with me. I carry it with me everywhere I go. And all I have to do is love and open my mouth. Or my actions. Well, I'm just not anointed that way, Pastor Sam. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. The Holy Spirit lives in you. <laughs> and use your life experiences to minister to people. You know, many years ago, we lost a little boy. He, was, he got out on the road, was killed, hit by a vehicle, killed at 16 months. You know, the worst day of our lives ever. If he'd be living today, he'd be 48. Sometimes I wonder, wonder what he'd be doing, you know. And uh, so we were you know, devastated, to say the least. And um, just a young, young people at that time. And we were saying, why, Lord, why, why us? Why our little boy? That's what we were doing. And we were part of a Bible study that had grown to like 100 people in someone's house. And um, so I felt like Sherilyn said to me one day, I said, she said, I think we should just worship God. Because it doesn't seem like we're getting any answers by asking why. <laughs> a lot of times it's just a dead end road and there's no answers. And, and sometimes we want to spiritualize everything that happens. You know, maybe it's just a natural occurrence in an, in an imperfect world. He got out in the road and was hit. Does there have to be some kind of spiritual thing about it? I don't think so. And... Um, so we just went to our Bible study. We started worshiping God. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to us. Use this experience. Put it on the back shelf. And then when someone else experiences something similar, 
go back and take it off the shelf and bring it out and use it to minister to other people. And that's what, he, that's what we have done for all these years. Because when something like that happens to somebody else, there's a, there's a deeper empathy when you've gone through it yourself. And so you use life experiences to talk to people and to help people and to reach people. And last, treasure what matters most. The Bible says don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven. I know we use that scripture for offerings. <laughs> I know that. But really treasures in heaven here is talking about people. Where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Life is all about people, my friends. Jesus was always ministering to people. He demonstrated the heart of God. He ministered to one and he ministered to many. He always stayed focused on what matters most. The most difficult day of his life. He wasn't thinking about himself hanging on the cross. He was thinking about the two thieves on, the thieves on either side of him. He was talking about thinking about the soldiers that were, that were gambling for his robe. He was thinking about his mom. He said, somebody take care of my mom. You know, he, he was not thinking about himself. He was thinking about you and thinking about me. He was always focused on people. He, he understood eternal realities. Do you all know that the death rate is 100%? Do you all know that? If Jesus doesn't come back, Henry, we're all going to die. I mean, we're all going to step over into glory. We're not going to die, actually. Physically, we are. So only people make it to the other side. And the window of opportunity is wide open today. We don't know how long. We don't know when he's coming back, but until he does. You know, sometimes people say, well, I hope Jesus comes back tomorrow. I don't. I don't. I still have a few family members that wouldn't be ready. And I'll probably say that as long as I live. But if he comes, I'm ready. But I don't want him to come tomorrow because I want those people to be in heaven. Yeah. But Jesus did his part by coming and giving his life for mankind. God did his part by sending his only son. And the Holy Spirit is doing his part today through us. This is our purpose. Let's renew our passion for the harvest. Amen. Amen. So let me ask the question again. Are we concerned for lost people as individuals? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person in this room. Thank you for reminding us today, Lord, about your heart for people. And I pray that every one of us I pray that you would instill into us and impart into us uh, a heart of compassion for lost people. That you would give us boldness to reach out to people whenever we have that opportunity. And that we wouldn't miss those opportunities. How many of you would say to me, Pastor Sam, I have a, a, a family member that is still not in the kingdom of God? Anybody? Say, I have a family member. All right. Father, in Jesus' name, 
We pray for those family members. We claim them for the kingdom of God. Lord, we pray that not one of them would be lost, but all, but all would go to heaven. And if, if they won't listen to us, Lord, like many times they don't, I pray that you would send someone across their path that they would listen to and that they would be open to. And we claim every one of, every one of them for, for the kingdom of God. Lord, it is your will for families to be whole, for families to be whole, for all the whole household to be saved. Lord, I claim my daughter-in-law. I claim my, my grandson. I claim my whole family for your kingdom. Satan, you get your hands off of them in the name of Jesus. I pray that their eyes would be open to the truth, that their ears would be open to the truth. We claim them for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's thank God for, his, for, for the salvation of our families. Let's thank God for that. Let's thank God for that right now and see them. See them in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Passion for the harvest. Lord, I pray that this church would have a renewed or a, 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 a relit passion for the, for the lost. Right here in Dighton, Massachusetts, Somerset, Massachusetts, all the surrounding communities, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And we'll give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name. Lord, if there's anyone in the room today that has never made a commitment to you, never made a decision. Lord, if there's anyone here, I don't know all these people, Lord, so I don't know their hearts. But if there's anyone in the room, Lord, I pray that this would be their day. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I believe he's the Son of God. I believe he came to this earth, gave his life, shed his blood on a cross for me. I believe he was raised from the dead so that I can have eternal life. I believe in my heart and I say and I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, I pray for Pastor Maria and Eric. I pray, Lord, that as, as, as they continue to lead this church, that you would give them wisdom. I pray for Pastor Jack and Maria and other leaders in the, in the church here. Pray that you would give them wisdom. I pray for the worship team. Lord, I pray that you would give them wisdom. I pray that you would give them a, a new passion and heart to lead this congregation in worship. Thank you, Father, for every part, every area that people are serving in. Lord, bless them today and give them a renewed passion to serve in their area in Jesus name in Jesus name and everybody said amen 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 well thanks for listening I hope I hope something that was said just stirred you on the inside let's go get them let's go reach them amen let's get that corn stalk it won't walk in by itself Let's go get it. <laughs> Amen. God bless you.
Oh, my. That's right. My wife is going to sing a song uh, in just a minute. Thank you, sir. That's a blessing. Glory to God. I know it stirred me up. Bless the Lord. Can you just help her set up the guitar and that microphone? I'll give you the mic as soon as I'm done. All right. Hallelujah. Huh. All right. Have you listened to the Lord and asked him what he would have you to sow into this offering for our speaker? Bless the Lord. You know, freely as you have received, freely give. He's always giving. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give into this offering for uh, Reverend Sam and Sherilyn. I thank you, Father, that as we give, we declare that all their needs and desires are met. You are meeting their every need. We thank you, Father, as they leave here, that they are protected by your angels. Your angels go with them everywhere they go on their travels back to Pennsylvania. I thank you. It will be smooth, no traffic. They'll get there on time for the Super Bowl. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, that as we give, we receive. And we've not just thrown away our money. We don't have to give, but we get to give. And we are cheerful about it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as uh, we give this morning, be blessed by the ministry of Miss Sherilyn. In John 14, 27, Jesus was talking to his disciples before he left. And he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that is a message to us as Christians. And we, can, we know that peace. But we talked about the harvest this morning. And this is what the the people that we are uh people that are, are around us that don't know him it seems like there's a lot of anxiety and fear these days right because of things that are happening around them that touch them and also things that are like happening in the world so this is the passion that we can give the passion for the harvest to reach out to those who need peace. Recently, th uh, there was an individual that was, could not sleep. And so I just told her, I'm just going to pray for peace for you, that you'll be able to sleep all night. And so then I, I just took authority. I mean, when I was by myself, I just took authority over that, uh, that fear and that anxiety that was keeping her mind just busy. The next night, she slept the whole night through. So we have that authority. We have that authority. John 16, um, Jesus said that, that in this world, you will have tribulation. You will have troubles. But remember, I have overcome. We have that same spirit in us. And we can walk in that peace and also minister to those around us. And if you are troubled with any fear or anxiety, as I sing this, just receive. Just receive his peace renewed in your life. Thank you, Father. Peace I leave with you. 
my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now I'm not ashamed of the gospel that I believe. I am persuaded that he is able just to keep all that which I've committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the sound words that you hear me say in faith and in love that's in Jesus. Now peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. For God has not given us spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind but of power and of love and a sound mind thank you lord we lord we thank you for your peace we receive it thank you lord worship you lord jesus No one wanted to move, so now come and give. <laughs> no, everybody wanted to be pay attention, so you can come give. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Miss Sherilyn. We appreciate your ministry. Thank you so much. Yeah. She writes her songs, and they're all rooted in the Word of God. It's Scripture. And so your spirit goes, ooh, <laughs> I like those words. <laughs> and it encourages you. Amen? Amen. Well, stand together. Did you enjoy service today? Did the compassion of God on the inside rise up for the lost? Amen. Glory to God. We have that assignment. We're, it's not complete until we're doing that. Amen. Glory to God. Well, thank you for coming today. Thank you for those who participated online. Thank you to Reverend uh, uh, Sam and Sherilyn. And for all of you that came, those who are working, we thank you, the praise team, uh, media team. Thank you so much for all that you are doing to make ministry happen. We appreciate you. Have a blessed day in Jesus. Go, whatever team you're supporting today. <laughs>